It's the Veterans Radio Hour. Proudly supported by McDonald's and their national salute to the U.S. military. Now, stay tuned for the Veterans Radio Hour next on the TRN Talk Radio Network. Tango Charlie Bravo, you're a go for the Veterans Hour. Hi, uh, she'll have a Happy Meal and I'll have the Big Mac. Dad, when will I be old enough for a Big Mac? When you're in college. College. Now, when you register specially marked McDonald's gift certificates at youpromise.com, a portion of the value goes into a YouPromise account for a child's education. So, the more specially marked gift certificates you buy, the more you'll save for college. I want to be a doctor. Hello, gift certificates. Sign up for free and get the details at youpromise.com. We love to see you smile. Welcome, one and all, to the Veterans Radio Hour. It's our tribute to all of those who served our great nation's armed forces, past and present, and their tremendous accounts of heroic duty and bravery. With your host, Brigadier General Dave Grange. And now, coming to you live from our Veterans Center studio, here is General Dave. I'm Gerald Dave Grange, a veteran, United States Army, and good evening and welcome. Welcome to Veterans Radio Hour, and thank you for joining our team tonight to honor America's veterans. This is a show to honor American citizens who served, some paying the ultimate sacrifice, many still carrying wounds, and all answering our nation's calling. G.I. Joe was named Person of the 20th Century, and deservingly so. Our first show was dedicated to Rick Riscola, platoon leader in the 1st Cavalry Division, Vietnam, killed on September 11, 2001, New York City. Retired Army Colonel Rick Riscola, who led an epic life, a passionate and complex man, a writer, a lawyer, a Vietnam platoon leader, a blood-streaked warrior, and when he left this earth, a six-figure security expert and executive. In Vietnam, his men called him hardcore because they had never seen anyone so unflappable in the face of death. On 9-11, as the Vice President for Corporate Security at Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter and Company, he was in a World Trade Center when a jumbo jet plowed into the North Tower. Well, on the 44th floor of the South Tower, he heard the off voices of officialdom over the loudspeakers, urging everyone to stay put in their office and not to leave the building. Rick ignored them while phoning his best friend and past Vietnam buddy Dan Hill. He was telling his people to leave now in an emergency evacuation plan that he and Hill designed a while back. Hill recalls hearing Riscola on a megaphone to keep moving and thinking typical Rick, incredible under fire. Morgan Stanley lost only six of its 2,700 employees in the South Tower on September 11th. Company officials say Rick deserves most of the credit for saving these lives. In the 1993 bombings of the World Trade Center, Rick was the last man out, making sure all 
had evacuated. No one doubts he would have been the last one out again had the South Tower not collapsed on him first. As a reporter for the Washington Post wrote about Rick, and I quote, but to his friends he left behind, his death made a kind of a cosmic sense on a day when the universe was out of order. The right man in the right place at the right time. He left in a blaze of glory with no parade. That is why this show is dedicated tonight to veteran Rick Rascorla. Tonight on the line we have a dear friend, Joe Galloway, our first guest tonight, who's joined us from a home in Virginia. A war correspondent, an author, a White House advisor today, and a very dear friend. Joe survived four tours in Vietnam, three totally unaligned with the grunts. He received a Valor Award. He's the only correspondent to have received a Valor Award. He's a co-author of the book, We Were Soldiers Once and Young, along with General Retired Hal Moore. Joe, good evening. Good evening, Dave. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Could you share with us your thoughts, Joe? on honoring our veterans on our first show here? Uh, there, you couldn't be doing a, a, a finer thing for America than what you're doing, Dave. Uh, it's uh, long past time uh, that, that folks stand up and, and, and thank our veterans for what they have given our country, what they have given this generation and all the generations to come, which is our freedom. If these guys don't stand up, and girls these days don't stand up, join the, join the services, and, and go out there to defend America, uh, you know, we're, we're lost, we're doomed. So I, I think you're doing a great job, and I couldn't be more proud to be here with you tonight, uh, especially since you're, uh, you're dedicating the show to my, my old and dear friend, Rick Riscorla. You know, Joe, um, I'll tell you that uh, before I ask you this next question on Rick, I want to share a quote. Uh, with the American people that uh, was in one of your articles in the Soldier Fortune magazine and elsewhere. And it reads like this, I quote, Honor and decency and uncommon courage were common among these soldiers and all the soldiers who served in Vietnam. I think of how they were on patrol, moving through jungle or rice paddies, nervous, on edge, trying to watch right, left, behind, all at once. And, you know, Rick was one of those soldiers, and you were in combat with Rick. Your thoughts on Rick and what we should do about his uncommon valor on September 11th? Well, I, I've got to tell you about Rick. Uh, you know, General Moore uh, and I both thought that he was the finest platoon leader we ever saw operate in the field in Vietnam or any other war. Uh, Rick really uh, was a, a great leader. Uh, I want to tell you a story about how on the second night, at X-Ray, uh, one company had been wiped out covering the southeast side of the perimeter, and Rick's platoon and company had been put in to plug the line. And uh, they dug their holes deep, and they cleared the, uh, the elephant grass so they had a field of fire, and they put out booby traps, and they registered their artillery. They did everything right. And then they waited, and they waited for the attack that Rick knew was coming. And he eased his way from hole to hole along the perimeter, and he sang to his men. He sang to calm their nerves, and he sang the old British Army songs from the Zulu Wars and the, the, the Welsh mining songs, uh, the things that were near and dear to his heart. 
and in the morning the attack came, and and uh, Rick's company and platoon killed 400 of the enemy at a loss of six Americans lightly wounded. Just a great soldier, great soldier, a great American. At that time, of course, he wasn't even an American. He was an Englishman. It wasn't until he finished serving in Vietnam that he came home and, and qualified for citizenship in our great country and raised his right hand and swore the oath. Joe, tell us about this memorial initiative. The, uh, on what the, we're, on the what award. a bunch of us are trying to do is uh, persuade the White House to, uh, to uh, decorate in, in memory give the Presidential Medal of Freedom to uh, Rick Riscorla. Well, Joe, I can't think of anyone who has done more to earn it or to, you know, who really deserves it more. Joe, I'll tell you, this, this is a, a, an American, uncommon valor, a veteran, and I can assure you that the Veterans Radio Center is here behind you on that effort, and I hope uh, our listeners, the veterans, and American citizens, other American citizens will do the same. Joe, thanks for joining us tonight. I'll share a cup of coffee with you in a foxhole any night. All right. Take care, Dave. Cool. Bye-bye. And now, with the update on military news from around the world, here's General Dave reporting. General Dave Grange back, and I'd like to share some news with you. In Afghanistan, it's still a very dangerous place, and we got a lot of service members serving over there every day that we cannot forget. There's assassinations and attempts on assassinations, like you saw the other day on Afghanistan President Karzai, where a special forces security detail saved his life. Bombings occur in Kabul. They're sniping where several Americans have been wounded. Rocket and mortar fire every night in different outposts. Special Forces trainers continue to help the Afghanistan National Army. And members of the 82nd Airborne Division, Special Operating Forces, and Coalition Forces hunt down Al-Qaeda and Taliban remnants in the mountainous regions between Pakistan and Afghanistan every day. The U.S. Navy just reinstated the rattlesnake flag on all its ships. Don't tread on me a warning to our enemies. In the deserts of the Sinai, the multinational peacekeeping force continues to maintain peace, observe and report for over 20 years. Iran continues to resource terrorist camps in Lebanon. We'll hear more about Iran, I'm sure, in the coming months. U.S. trainers step up support of counter-drug operations in Colombia. Thousands of American troops are training in the Kuwaiti desert and our Persian Gulf and Arabian Sea naval operations are quite extensive right now. Special Forces continues to train counter-terrorist and counter-guerrilla forces in the Republic of Georgia, Yemen, and the Philippines. And remember, our military still leads the way in forcing peace in the Balkans. Here's today's Military Quote of the Day, brought to you with support from retired Lieutenant Colonel Dan Bogievich. Military quote of today is from the first president, George Bush, and I quote, I value the military because I value freedom. Everyone who wears our nation's uniform helps preserve the God-given rights and fulfill the solemn responsibilities that come with freedom. What could be more important? I value the military for the same reason I value peace and hate war. I value the military the same way I value justice and mercy. Our military is a mighty instrument of both. Finally, I value the military because they show how duty, honor, country are more than mere words, but rather 
a sacred creative service that successive generations of Americans are still courageously striving to uphold again, end quote. The Veterans Radio Hour began as a vision, a vision about honoring our veterans and remembering the sacrifices they made. It was a vision about encouraging all Americans to have a greater appreciation of what it means to step into harm's way on the front lines of freedom. Ultimately, that vision became the program you're now listening to, the Veterans Radio Hour. But turning a vision into reality can be expensive. This evening's presentation is made possible through the generous financial support of McDonald's Corporation and individual founder members like you, people such as Mr. Andrew Palomo and Mr. Del Wilson. In order to continue bringing you this historic show each week, we'll need your support too. We will be donating money every week to a different veterans organization. Let us know about yours. Won't you join us? For details, visit veteransradiohour.com on the internet or call the business office at 800-591-0020. We thank you and we salute you. The Veterans Radio Hour proudly brings you This Week in Military History and now General Dave. General Dave back with you again. This week in 1781 off Yorktown, Virginia, an American ally, the French fleet defeated the British fleet resulted in the blockade of General Cornwallis, providing the conditions for George Washington's forces to defeat the British. This week in 1862, General Robert E. Lee invades the North with 50,000 Confederate soldiers. This week in 1939, the United States proclaimed neutrality as German troops invaded Poland. This week in 1967, the 3rd Battalion, 26 Marines, fought off a regiment of North Vietnamese regulars in a battle described as Custer's last stand with air support. The Marines prevailed by the narrowest of margins. Thirty years ago this week, the Palestinian Black September Commandos killed 11 Israeli Olympians in Munich, Germany. This terrorist act was a catalyst that brought about Western European and the United States of America's counterterrorism forces as we know of them today. Now, on behalf of McDonald's Corporation, let us honor the McDonald's Veteran of the Week. This week, McDonald's salutes its heroes with Herb Peterson, owner-operator, Santa Barbara, California. Like McDonald's, Herb Peterson always has been a leader, from serving his country as a World War II Marine to serving his employees, customers, and community as a successful McDonald's owner and operator. Inspired by his Marine father, who died serving his country during World War I, Herb Peterson joined the Marines after college in the early 1940s. In 1942, soon after training at Marine Corps Base Quantico, the second lieutenant was called to duty to Guadalcanal. Within months, Herb was traveling around the world, working his way up the ranks while fighting in historic combat missions from the invasion of Cape Gloucester, New Britain, to the front lines of Peleliu in the West Carolines to the battle at Okinawa, Japan. After the war, Herb completed his active duty as a Marine major and began his active duty as a proud Marine veteran and new member of the McDonald's family. Beginning in the mid-1940s, Herb worked at a Chicago advertising agency for McDonald's, side-by-side -side with Ray Kroc. Herb seized many once-in-a-lifetime opportunities 
He attended the company's first convention, helped design McDonald's advertisements, and invented the Egg McMuffin. He knew how much Ray liked Eggs Benedict, and ultimately helped grow the McDonald's business beyond its 30-store operation. Now a proud operator of six restaurants in Santa Barbara for more than 30 years, Herb never forgets his commitment to the Marines or to McDonald's. In addition to his local support of the McDonald's National Salute to the U.S. Military Campaign this year, Herb frequently hosts local military recruiters at his restaurants and recognizes members of the military through special restaurant promotions and community events. As a result, Herb has developed a close camaraderie between McDonald's, its customers, and the community. Herb says he's one lucky man, especially since his son has joined the business. I quote, I have the best of both worlds. I have a successful business that's fun to run, and I have an amazing opportunity to be a part of my community and the McDonald's family. As Ray Kroc used to say, I have ketchup in my veins, not to mention a lot of courage and heart. Let's move now on to our next guest, our guest tonight, Senator Chuck Hagel. On the line, we have uh, Senator Chuck Hagel, Republican from Nebraska. Good evening, Senator. How are you tonight? Well, General, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good evening. Good. I appreciate you being on with us, especially as a fellow veteran. Senator uh, Hagel uh, is on five Senate committees to include the Senate of Foreign Relations. He's a, he's a veteran, Vietnam veteran, served the 9th Infantry Division in 1968 as an infantry squad leader, along with his brother, Tom. Uh, he's also uh, uh, the, oh, a chairman on the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Corporate Council, which I'm also a member, and I'm very proud to serve with him on that endeavor. Uh, Senator, uh, as you know, this first show that we have, uh, is the theme is Honor America's Veterans. And as a fellow veteran, and now one who again serves the American people, how important is it for our government and the American people to understand the sacrifices and to honor our nation's veterans. Uh, General, the uh, main reasons uh, we honor our veterans uh, are so that future generations can appreciate uh, this country and what built this country and what allowed the great opportunities and personal freedoms to exist so that each individual uh, can be who he or she uh, wants to be. There's a price for that. There is a sacrifice that goes uh, into that investment. Each generation has made it, and so too it will be uh, all future generations of Americans uh, will make their sacrifices. But it's important that our our young people understand these sacrifices, uh, not just the individuals uh, who made them and who gave us so much, uh, but it's important to understand who we are as a people and what veterans have meant to our society and the completeness of a uh, of the society when we add the veterans and selfless commitment and we add the the dimension of uh, always being part of something more important than our own self-interest uh, those are the reasons we uh, honor our veterans and it's uh, it's right we do so you know, one thing that you, you highlighted, which I, I really think is extremely important, I know it's important to us at the McCormick Tribune Foundation, uh, and that you mentioned the youth, uh, the children of the United States. And I believe, uh, you know, the one effort that you're involved in with the youth education, with the visitor center at the wall, how important is that project to, to the America's youth? 
the kind of project that we're all involved uh, in uh, on the Vietnam uh, Veteran Foundation Corporate Council is uh, is important for uh, for one main reason, I think, uh, and that is not uh, not just the the historical perspective of what happened uh, in Vietnam and the sacrifices made, but the expectations that uh, each generation has had uh, for themselves, how our great country and society and culture uh, brings us into uh, this expectation of fulfilling commitments to others and uh, always being part of something bigger than our own uh, self-interest. And this educational uh, effort that we are all making, including you, of course, uh, is part of that and would accomplish something that uh, would connect the Vietnam Veteran Memorial, the wall in, v in Washington, uh, with a historical and personal appreciation for the veterans who serve. Well, I, you know, I, I really appreciate your lead on this thing, and, and uh, there's a lot of veterans out there that uh, really appreciate you being a point man on this project. Uh, there's a lot of people helping you, and in, in, in there is a fire team with you, but uh, you've really been the catalyst to push this thing along with Jan Scruggs and, and others, and, and, uh, and the rest of the fellow veterans really appreciate it. And, Senator, thank you for, for honoring us tonight in our first show, and as a fellow infantryman, I, I salute you and thank you, sir. Well, General, thank you and to all of our veterans across the land and all your listeners. Uh, uh, I am grateful for an opportunity to, like you, uh, serve a little bit uh, again. And as our young people listening tonight uh, will <clears throat> grow to understand, uh, that is the essence of America, to, to serve others. And, and to you, General, for what you've done, thank you. Well, thank you. That was Senator Chuck Hagel representing Nebraska, the American people, and our veterans. You're listening to the Veterans Radio Hour, coming to you live every Sunday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time and hosted by retired General Dave Grange. Next week's show will be devoted to National POWMIA Recognition Day, which is observed this year on September 20th. General Dave's guests will include a former POW who was captured in Belgium during World War II, one who fought in the Philippines, and one who served during the Vietnam War. Their recollections will tell us much about the indomitable spirit of members of the armed forces. The Veterans Radio Hour will be right back on the Talk Radio Network after these messages. Listening to the Veterans Hour on the Talk 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 Radio Network. The Veterans Hour now returns to full readiness on the TRN Talk Radio Network. The Veterans Hour proudly presents our military hero story of valor. Every week we like to share a hero story with you, and before I do that, I would like to read a short quote from an unknown author. Poor is a country that has no heroes, but beggared is that people who, having them, forgets. And I think that's quite appropriate when we talk about remembering our veterans on a show like this. And the veteran we'd like to remember with you tonight is a valor story 
about a World War II F-4F Wildcat fighter pilot assigned to an aircraft carrier in the South Pacific. This hero was Butch O'Hare. One day, his entire squadron was sent on a mission. Due to a mistake before takeoff, he realized he would not have enough fuel to complete his task and get back to the ship. His flight leader told him to return to the carrier. Reluctantly, he dropped out of formation and headed back to the fleet. As he was returning to the mothership, he saw a squadron of Japanese Zeros speeding their way toward the American fleet. The American fighters were gone on a sortie, and the fleet was all but defenseless. He couldn't reach the squadron and bring them back in time to save the ships, nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing to do. Laying aside all thoughts of personal safety, he dove into the formation of Japanese planes. Wing-mounted 50 calibers blazed as he charged in, attacking one surprise enemy plane and then another. Butch weaved in and out of the now broken formation and fired at as many planes as possible until finally all his ammunition was spent. Undaunted, he continued the assault. He dove at the Zeros, trying to at least clip off a wing or tail in hopes of damaging as many enemy planes as possible and rendering them unfit to fly. He was desperate to do anything he could to keep them from reaching the American ships. Finally, the exasperated Japanese squadron took off in another direction. Deeply relieved, Butch O'Hare and his tattered fighter limped back to the carrier. Upon arriving, he reported in and related the events surrounding his return. The film from the camera mounted on his plane told the tale. It showed the extent of Butch's daring attempt to protect his American fleet. He was recognized as a hero and received the Congressional Medal of Honor. By the way, Butch O'Hare was the son of Easy Eddie, the mouthpiece lawyer for Scarface Al Capone, who turned the Chicago mob in to give his son a good name. And today, O'Hare Airport in Chicago is named in tribute to the courage of this great man. And now, the Veterans Radio Hour salutes the Active Service Person of the Week, made possible by a contribution from Richard and Lee Gack of American Sanitation and Supply in Addison, Illinois. This week's honoree is Staff Sergeant Brian Heitman. Here's General Dave. Staff Sergeant Brian Heitman, he's a member of the 82nd Airborne Division. He's right now currently deployed in Afghanistan in Operation Enduring Freedom with the 504th Parachute Infantry Regiment, otherwise known as the Devils in Baggy Pants. Sergeant Heitman is from Dayton, Ohio. His family, wife of three children, and three children live in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Sergeant Heitman is an infantry platoon sergeant. He's a jump master and an expert infantry badge holder. Hua, Sergeant Heitman. Okay, let's go to our next guest tonight. And it so happens to be my wife, Holly. Holly Getz Grange is a West Point graduate. She served as an airborne engineer for almost nine years, mostly in the 18th Airborne Corps. She's been a member of a military family her entire life. Holly and I met at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and she just happened to have a broken leg from a parachute jump. Anyway, good evening, dear. I hope you're not expecting me to call you sir. Not tonight. Okay. Okay, let me, let me ask you a question here. I want to talk to you about military families. You know, we talk about veterans all the time, and very little is, is uh, brought out about sacrifices, how tough it is uh, to be a member of a military family, uh, married to a, to a servant service, to an armed forces service member. Uh, give me your thoughts, please, and share them with the audience on, uh, on military families. 
Well, the first thing I would say is that the days of if the military wanted you to have a spouse, they would have issued you one are long gone. <laughs> military families today face many challenges due to the current operations tempo and our war on terrorism. They face frequent separations from their service member. They're often in places far away from their families, a lot of times overseas. They have to handle all of the responsibilities of maintaining a home and raising the children. Yeah, we know much about that, that's, that's for sure. But I want to ask one other question uh, because of the situation we were in, and like many others. You know, today, um, I would say 60, over 62% of Armed Forces members are married. Much different when I was a platoon leader in 1970, only two of us were married. And uh, we were dual military, a dual military couple. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, it's a lot of stress uh, when both uh, man and wife are in the military, especially if they have children. Uh, can you share some ideas on that? Well, Dave, as you know, the reason I resigned from the military was because we were going to have to endure a separation of more than a year uh, with two small children, one an infant. Um, Military couples face the se they face separations due to deployments and assignments. They don't always get assigned together. They're, they can be assigned to different states even or even different countries. Um, military couples, if they have minor children, have to have a family care plan uh, determining what will be done with those children if both military members are deployed. And of course, that's um, a means for separation from the military if they can't get that arranged. Um, and of course, on top of all of that, the dual military couple, they each have their own military jobs, their military professions um, to deal with and the stresses that have to do with that. Well, it's, it's very tough today and it's a readiness issue in the military. Uh, right now we have a dear friend in the line with us, uh, Sergeant First Class Tracy Humphreys, married to Sergeant Major Tony Humphreys, and they're from Fort Raleigh, Kansas. Hi, Tracy. General Tracy, we're talking about um, a subject near and dear to your heart, the trials and tribulations of being a dual military couple. Uh, and what I wanted to ask you is what are some of the challenges that you have faced being a dual military family? Well, as you said, Holly, you know, of course there's always a uh, looming over your head that you might not get stationed uh, together. And although the, the Army does all that they can, uh, with the Army Married Couples Program to station you together, you know, needs of the military may require you to go different places or to um, be deployed or, or uh, be called away um, at the same time. And um, back in 97, we had a situation where Tony was in Bosnia for seven months and I, we were stationed in Germany and I had to come back here to the States uh, to go to school, and we have three children. So, um, you know, that's when the family care plan kicks in. And you, you know, you've got you've to have a plan, and, and when you're halfway around the world and away from grandparents and extended family, it's, it's hard to find somebody sometime that, you know, within 30 days you've got to have that family care plan done, and, and you need to name someone that you are going to trust to escort your children back to the United States if there's, if there's an emergency. Well, I really admire all that you've had to go through, um, and I definitely admire the other dual military couples in our military. I know, by, I know by experience that it's not easy. Thank you very much for calling in, Tracy. Okay, thank you, Holly. 
And now, a message from our sponsor. The Veterans Hour continues to salute our nation's armed forces and their families when the Veterans Hour continues on the TRN Talk Radio Network. Hi, uh, she'll have a Happy Meal and I'll have the Big Mac. Dad, when will I be old enough for a Big Mac? When you're in college. College. Now, when you register specially marked McDonald's gift certificates at youpromise.com, a portion of the value goes into a YouPromise account for a child's education. So, the more specially marked gift certificates you buy, the more you'll save for college. I want to be a doctor. Hello, gift certificates. Sign up for free and get the details at youpromise.com. We love to see you smile. The Veterans Hour now returns to duty on the Talk Radio Network. Uh, now, General Dave Grange back again. And, Holly, one more question. Um, you know, being uh, the third, uh, in the third class of women uh, in West Point and uh, your service uh, for almost nine years in the military, could you share some thoughts on women in the military today? Well, it's evident that on today's battlefield there's really no front line. Every service member is vulnerable to attack by the enemy forces. Women serve in many specialties that are crucial to the success of our military, to include serving as fighter pilots and airborne unit commanders. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what I'd like to do now is I'd like to bring in a, um, another guest, um, Brigadier General Charlie Getz, 30 years service, Airborne Ranger Infantry Officer and Green Beret. Uh, Charlie Getz has been awarded six Silver Stars and a Distinguished Service Cross. He was inducted into the Ranger Hall of Fame this year. Uh, he just happens to be Holly's dad. Hi, Dad. Yeah, how you doing, Holly? <laughs> yeah, it's Dave here as well. And, uh, you know, we'd like you to, to chime in on some of this discussion of military families. During your, your service, uh, you experienced many military separations because of war, because of training exercises, and other missions. And I'd like to ask you, how does a military leader take care of his family at the same time duty to country. Well, you know, a lot of what you've said, both uh, you, Holly, and Dave, is right on the mark. Uh, and I think the most important fact uh, that you highlighted, Dave, is the fact that, you know, 60% plus of uh, the active duty today are married. And uh, as we were coming along in, in my generation in the military, uh, the junior officers, uh, uh, maybe 50% uh, were married, and I'm talking company grade officers as you went up in field grade, of course, that increased. Uh, now I think it's almost universal that you're going to find a rather significant amount in the junior ranks that are married and that have children and families. So the pressures, I think, upon the chain of command, those officers and senior NCOs, is, is much greater than it ever was in my day. You know, we always had duty on our country, and we went where we were told to go and, and where the flag had to be protected. But at the same time, we were able to count upon, I think, uh, probably the most important and stable part of, of our family, and that was our wives, because they really shared the brunt. As we went off, whatever it was, whether it be in combat or whether it be training or whether it be a variety of other, let's say, uh, uh, non-lethal deployments. Uh, the mother, 
the wife ended up being the stability factor. And I think Holly can attest to the fact that there were an awful lot of times when I wasn't there for her, her sisters, her brothers. Well, that's uh, that that's exactly mother, that's exactly. Uh, quite frankly, you had to do the dual role. Yeah, that's exactly true. Uh, your son uh, Charlie gets over in the 10th Special Forces Group. Holly's brother deployed right now, overseas, and we really appreciate talking with you tonight. And I thank you, sir, for coming online with us for the first uh, veteran show uh, that we've sponsored. At ease, soldier. The Veterans Hour with General Dave will settle in again after a short break. Break on the Talk Radio Network. Way Anchor Mates, the Veterans Radio Hour now continues full speed ahead on the Talk Radio Network. Aye, aye, sir. Calling all veterans, calling all veterans. Now hear this. Here are some upcoming happenings and events just for vets. Now from the ready room, here's General Dave. Military-related events coming up in the near future. President Bush has proclaimed that September 11th would be called Patriot Day. I quote, those whom we have lost on September 11th will forever hold a cherished place in our hearts and in the history of our nation. As we mark the first anniversary of that tragic day, we remember their sacrifice, end quote. There will be a moment of silence beginning at 8.46 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on September 11th. The American flag on all federal facilities will fly at half-staff. And I recommend that everyone that has an American flag do so as well. On September 19th at 1,200 hours at Daly Plaza in Chicago, there will be a POWMI Recognition Day. The, veterans, the Vietnam Veterans Art Museum will host Brigadier General Chuck Viale, who will present uh, a, a briefing on POW and MIA issues on October 1st at 6.30 p.m. On September 28th and 29th in Houston, Texas, the National Museum of Pacific War will sponsor a seminar entitled The Commanders, A Study in Leadership. And finally, the first week of October, the 506 Parachute Infantry returns to Decoa, Georgia for their 60th reunion. These are vets you read about in Stephen Ambrose's book, Band of Brothers and Steven Spielberg's HBO miniseries, Name the Same. This regiment of 1,800 men who fought during World War II earned 1,798 Purple Hearts. Our last guest tonight is someone else that's uh, dear to my heart, very close to me. His name is Lieutenant General Retired David E. Grange, Jr. He's a 41-year veteran worked his way up from private uh, all the way to lieutenant general. He's a veteran of World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, an infantry officer, airborne ranger, special forces, my dad. We served together in combat in the 101st Airborne Division in Vietnam. Both times I was wounded, he was there. Good evening, Dad. Good evening, son. Uh, I, I know you've been uh, listening to our show. We've talked about a lot of veterans' things, uh, military families, uh, in particular, the last part of the show. I'd like to uh, ask you about uh, the unsung heroes who, when you have a husband, a son deployed to war, uh, any type of a relative, um, what does that mean? Who really bears the burden? Well, I, I heard uh, some of the words that, uh, that were just made by uh, General Getz. And I certainly uh, agree with what he had to say about the Army wives. 
and the families and uh, how they have to stick together when the when their uh, men folks uh, in the days I was in the, in the army the men folks were out fighting uh, and uh, and they were taking care of the family keeping the family together moving about the countryside keeping them in school keeping the home going uh, your mother was is a good example you know she was she was my girlfriend in World War II. Uh, she was my wife, and you were just a little baby in in, in Korea. I had two trips there, and uh, both times she had to uh, move the family, uh, usually back to back to her mother, and stay there while I uh, while I was over in in, in Korea, and then uh, move about the countryside with me. And then the third war in Vietnam, on my third trip over there, uh, you were there too with me, and I had the the unpleasant task twice of uh, Calling her from a bunker with a telephone, a field telephone, all the way back to the United States, telling her that her son had just been wounded in combat. And uh, I know she had some terrible moments uh, while you and I were over in that in that uh, in that uh, terrible terrible battle, the terrible war, land of, uh, of warfare. And uh, I, I just I, I think she's one of the unsung heroes. Uh, at least she's my unsung hero heroine for uh, the things she had to put up with while. I wore the uniform, and while both of us wore the uniform uh, and served uh, in in Vietnam. Well, so, son, uh, uh, I think we really, when we talk about veterans, uh, they also have families, and we shouldn't forget uh, the hardships that they went through when uh, when their loved ones were overseas in harm's way. Yeah, uh, I tell you, uh, our tribute goes out to all moms of service members. Um, it's a very, uh, very. Uh, Sentimental issue, uh, what they go through. Uh, it's funny how a soldier's deployed. You don't care how dirty you get, how tired you get, how hungry you get, how scared you get. You really care about your family when it really gets down to it. And so, Dad, thanks for being on with us tonight. Uh, you taught me quite a lot about soldiering, and uh, I do appreciate it. Okay, good night, son. Uh, I like to say that, uh, you know, you heard tonight how vets feel about each other. Uh, you know how important it is. You've seen it in the news on Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan where you had six, uh, six military personnel, uh, Air Force and Army Ranger killed going in after a fallen comrade, Navy SEAL Neil Roberts. And all Americans should feel proud of their veterans, and they should remember that they too should never leave, never leave or never forget our nation's veterans. You've been listening to the Veterans Radio Hour, coming to you live every Sunday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time and hosted by retired General Dave Grange. Next week's show will be devoted to National POWMIA Recognition Day, which is observed this year on September 20th. General Dave's guests will include a former POW who was captured in Belgium during World War II and one who fought in the Philippines and one who served during the Vietnam War. Their recollections will tell us much about the indomitable spirit of members of the armed forces. The Veterans Radio Hour will be on again next week at the same time. Be sure to tune in on the Talk Radio Network. And this is General Dave Grange out. This show was inspired by the stories of three World War II veterans. My father, Ralph L. Hack from the CBI Theater, Robert Porky Sabarbro, 3rd Cavalry Division, 
Philip L. Leonard, 2nd Marine Division. These stories are things that we all need to remember as Americans. Hats off to you all. I'm Lance W. Hack. For the Veterans Radio Hour, good night and keep listening.